0: Welcome to the Baby Names Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jennifer Moss. And I'm Mallory Moss-Katz. And we're the founders of BabyNames.com. And we're sisters, too. That we are in sickness and in health. Okay, so our first segment is always cool names that we've heard in the past couple of weeks since the last episode. Mal, what have you found?
1: I'm going to go back to my childhood friends again and use some names I've always loved. For one, I have always liked the name Katrina. It's a riff on one of our family names, Catherine, but it's more unique. Yeah. I also like the nickname Kat or Katya. I was also poking around our family tree again and I saw the name Hattie. There's an old-fashioned name that
0: we haven't seen pop up in popularity lately. So Hattie would be like a nickname for maybe Henrietta, yeah. which was our grandmother's name, although our grandmother went by Etty. Right.
1: I think it was for Henrietta, and I can't think of anything else that it would be short for. for. So if any yeah. listeners know... Do give us a call. We have twins down the street named Colton and Sienna, too. Jennifer, what do you think of the name Colton?
0: But I think it sounds kind of cold or Western. It's not my style, but it's a perfectly fine name. Okay. Well, I have to admit
1: that my favorite name that I came across this week, my new pharmacist and her name is Buffy. I Buffy? It's Buffy. I know. I'm not sure I would ever name a baby Buffy. Is that her given name? Um, I think so. I'm afraid to ask her because I'm sure
0: she has everyone ask her and I don't want to insult her. Well, that reminds me of the old TV show Family Affair. I mean, that was even way before our time where the kids' names were Buffy and Jody. And of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was big in the what was that, the '80s or '90s? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was it's kind of used as. A descriptor rather than a name. Oh, she's such a Buffy, you know. Right. Uh, After the 80s, like Tiffany, Buffy, and uh, Becky. Right. (laughs) To indicate those Caucasian blonde girls. Right, exactly. Well, I ran into a woman whose name was Tristan with a T. Hmm. And it's originally a male name. Tristan is of Welsh origin, and it means tumult. Sadness, it can also mean sadness. Tristan und Isolde is an opera by Wagner uh, from an old Celtic story. And gender neutral names are becoming really trendy now. Some of my other favorite crossover names from the male side to female are Elliot, like the character in Scrubs, Cameron as in Diaz, Drew as in Barrymore, And Parker, as in Posey.
1: I know a girl named Drew. She's about 13 now, and she loves her name.
0: I know a girl, a woman now, who is named Drew, but it's D-R-U. Yes,
1: the same with the Drew that I know.
0: Cool. All right, so our name subject this week is name myths and urban legends. What is a name urban legend? Well, it's crazy names of people that everyone claims that they know, but they mysteriously never materialize. Now, I interviewed name expert Dr. Cleveland Kent Evans, who gave a presentation on this very subject a couple years ago. And so here's our conversation. Ooh, I can't wait. Dr. Cleveland Kent Evans is a professor at Bellevue University in Nebraska specializing in onomastics, which is the study of names. He's past president of the American Name Society, and he's the author of the great big book of baby names, as well as a columnist in the Omaha World Herald. He's also been a member of babynames.com since the very beginning and a trusted advisor to the site. Welcome, Dr. Evans, to the show.
2: Oh, thank you very much for having me. I I didn't realize I'd been a member since the very beginning.
0: (laughs) I think you have, at least close to the beginning. (laughs) Now, during your tenure at the American Names Society, you've also headed up the name of the year nominations and voting. So what were the names of the year for 2017?
2: Well, uh, we do that in several categories. And uh, the miscellaneous name was hashtag Me Too, Mm -hmm. the Twitter hashtag for the movement to speak about sexual abuse. The place name of the year was Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the violent neo-Nazi rally, yeah. Uh, not because I was born there, which also happens to be true. Oh, wow. The personal name of the year was Maria, the hurricane that devastated Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. The fictional name of the year was Nambia, a non-existent country cited by President Trump in a speech. <laughs> and, yeah. and the overall name of the year was Rohingya, which is uh-huh. Islamic group targeted for genocide by the government of Myanmar or Burma and that was picked i think largely because one of the things the Myanmar government has tried to do is literally suppress that name you know oh England.
0: interesting uh, yeah and anyone can nominate names right usually around december
2: yes any anybody can nominate them you know right around thanksgiving give or take a week or two, is when I send out the call for nominations, and um, anybody in the world can nominate.
0: That is so fascinating. I love the name of the year nominations, Um, and I do it every year, and everyone out there should too. So our name topic for this episode is Name Myths and Urban Legends. You had done a presentation about this at the American Name Society. It was so fascinating, and I think you and I have had several conversations about it. Let's start with the most popular one: those elusive twins, lemon jello and orange jello. Where the heck did they come from, and how do we know that they're fake?
2: Well, we know they're fake because nobody has been able to give me any evidence that they're real. You know, <laughs> I've, and, and I've had so many different. Claims about them, you know. I have people who, oh, they know they were born in this hospital in Mississippi or that hospital in New Jersey, or mm-hmm. or people who say, oh, they were on the golf team at this high school in Memphis, or I took their photographs for the high school yearbook in Tulsa. I mean, they would have to literally be about you know 400 different twins with those names <laughs> for, for all of the stories to be true. <laughs> and and you know, since I'm old enough, it this is one of the oldest ones, and it seems to me that this was created at just about the time that there was a guy named Peter Lemongello back in 1976. Peter Lemongello, you know, that's a real Italian surname, you know. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's his real name. You know, you look in the census. And there were 73 people with the last name Lemongelo, the huge majority of them in Newark, New Jersey, although a couple of them in East Orange, New Jersey. And this Peter Lemongello in 1976, he was trying to become a singer, you know, uh-huh. a Frank Sinatra-type crooner. Uh-huh. And he was the first person who got the idea that he made his own album and then made TV commercials and sold it through the TV on his own. And because he was successful doing that, he got himself on the cover of Time Magazine uh, huh. in, in, in 1976. And so he had his 15 minutes of Andy Warhol fame. You know, he never really made it big as a singer, although he does have an act in Branson, Missouri.
0: So do you think that the myth of the twins just came out of someone joking about it? Like, if there's a lemon jello, does he have a brother named Orange Jello too? Ha ha ha!
2: Yes, that's what I think. Probably happened, you know, is probably the original person who invented that legend, you know, fired by Peter Lemongelo to do it.
0: I love how those people always post that they know someone who actually went to school with these fake people, or they're their neighbors, cousins, friends. I'm like, no, you didn't. Okay, here are a couple more. LaDasha, spelled L-A, then an actual dash, and then A. And then famale, where the mom saw the birth card at the hospital that said female, true or false?
2: Um, I have never gotten evidence of either of those either. Um okay. They sound a little more plausible because you know Ladasha, not spelled the way the, the legend spells it, but mm-hmm. but it's it sounds a whole lot like Lashonda Latoya, you know, other. Mm-hmm uh African American inventions you know I would even expect there is someplace a ladasha who spell who spells it out L-A-D-A-S-H-A. but you know I've never seen you know the actual you know dash spelling anywhere but for Mali, that's sort of funny because when you look at birth statistics from various states, there are quite a few states that if you look on it, you will see female listed as a name, but that's not really a name. That's a birth certificate that's been registered where the parents hadn't named the child by the time it was registered. And unfortunately, you know, the, the most common reason for that is actually because it was a stillbirth but they did not Oh, I see. And and in those states, there's just as many boys named male, you know, as there Mm -hmm. are girls named female, but the legend never uses the male. It just uses the female.
0: Right. And I read in an article, I'm not sure if it was yours or not, that, ragging on these types of names, whether they're true or not, is really just an expression of racism or classism. Many times it's meant to infer like those dumb Southerners or whatever the class is.
2: Oh, yes. I mean, the obvious people usually are are using it to, you know, make fun of people who they think are ignorant somehow. And of course, depending on their own beliefs they can be focusing that on thinking of people of a certain race as being ignorant or just thinking of people of a certain class or region right. you know mm-hmm. as being ignorant but but it is a way to say ha ha these silly ignorant people we know better than they do you know? right
0: and here's one that's half true i'm a hog and her sister you're a hog now i'm a hog was a real person right what's the story behind her
2: Yes, Ima Hogg was a real person, and she was the daughter of James Hogg, who was a governor of Texas, and when her father became a- famous and ran for governor, of course, people thought her name was so odd that h- her father's political opponents invented a sister for her, Yura, who was not real, um, and actually, although they don't talk about it as much today, some people even also claimed she had a brother named Hezek.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was a political thing. It
2: was a political thing. Oh. And, but, but she was the only real one. But she was definitely real. And she, interestingly, never got married. She was, so she, she was I'm a hog her whole life. But she was very wealthy because her father, like a lot of Texas politicians, was also a wealthy oil baron. And when she died, she gave her house to the city of Houston as an art museum. Mm -hmm. And there used to be, and I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be a little dot on city maps of Houston that said, the I'm a hog home.
0: Let's talk about the U.S. census. Genealogy sites like Ancestry.com allow you to go back and view old census records now, and people have been finding funny names on them. But you said that a lot of these crazy names from the census records might not have been correct. Tell us about that.
2: Well, yes, yeah, the problem with the census records themselves is back in the 19th century, and we'll fact, even up to the first couple of decades of the 20th century, you didn't get to be a census taker because you had either good spelling or good penmanship. It was a political patronage job. Mm, mm -hmm. And there were lots of census takers who didn't know how to spell things. There were also a lot of them who, even though they weren't supposed to, were guilty of uh, if a family wasn't home the day they showed up, taking the information down from the neighbors who might not really know the details for sure. Oh. And uh, and so you end up with a lot of things in the census that are, you know, misspelled, or it's really hard to interpret the handwriting because it's so bad, or some, or, or very often, of course, you know, uh, and sometimes it's Just even because it's how the family told people what the name was, you end up with with something that's really a nickname, you know, instead of the actual official name, you know, being what's put in the census.
0: And you had mentioned that a dialect might have something to do with it. For example, you had talked about the name Mars, like the planet, which seemed pretty unusual for a name back in the early 20th century. But that might have just been how they were pronouncing the name Morris. Do I have that right?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I actually, there was a book about this published by a couple of guys from ancestry. com a few years ago. And one of their examples was this supposedly baby named Mars, like the planet or the god of war, Mm -hmm. um, in Alabama. And I actually was able, because that was from the 1940 census, again, the very most recent one. And so it was a person who possibly could still be alive, because it was a baby in 1940. And it was an unusual enough surname in a small enough town in Alabama that I actually was able to look it up and call some people on the phone. And unfortunately, this man was dead, but I talked to a woman who had been his sister-in-law, and I was talking to her and said, well, did you know Mars whatever? And she said, oh yes, he was my brother-in-law, et cetera and so forth. And I was sung for a while and said, well, why did his parents name him that Bart?" And she said, well, it was, Mars, that was M-O-R-R-I-S, you know? But her <laughs> accent, it, I mean, when I was talking to her the first couple of minutes of talking to her, it sounded like she was saying Mars, but right. it was really Horace.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you again, Dr. Evans, for joining us today and for being a longtime member of babynames.com.
2: Well, you're very, very welcome. I, re- I really enjoy it, and I'm proud to be part of it.
0: You can find Dr. Evans' name articles at the Omaha World-Herald website at omaha.com.
1: Well, I have a story that ties in very well to what Dr. Evans said about census takers. Our Grandma Josephine, who, by the way, was married to our Grandpa Joseph, well, she had three brothers, Albert, Julius, and the inexplicably named Manrico. Manrico. Manrico! Well, the census says it's Manrico anyway. It doesn't sound very Jewish, and it isn't a name used during that time, nor does it show up in the family tree anywhere else. Now, I will say, whatever his name was, he didn't like it, because on almost all documents, like his marriage certificate, he signed his name M. Charles, using his middle name, mm. instead of Manrico, or whatever the heck his name actually was.
0: Well, I looked it up, and it's very possible it was Manrico. That is a very obscure name, but it comes from Manric, and both Manric and Manrico have roots in the old Germanic culture, and since that's where Dad's family was from, the name is certainly plausible. This episode is brought to you by The Baby Names Workbook, a do-it-yourself guide to finding the perfect name, published by us, babynames.com the baby names workbook will help you get inspired by names create a name list organize it name storm with your partner and wheedle it down until you've found the perfect name and it makes the perfect shower gift Absolutely, if they haven't had a name by that time, but I'd say it makes a great pregnancy announcement gift for those expecting parents who just announced that they're having a baby.
1: And because you fill it out with your own history and preferences, each parent should have their own workbook, right?
0: Absolutely, and you can get two workbooks for under $20. What a deal! So go to Amazon.com and search for The Baby Names Workbook. Well,
1: what time is it, Jennifer?
0: And now it's time for Celebrity Baby News.
1: On Thursday, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern gave birth to her first child, a girl. She is only the second world leader to give birth while in office, Mm -hmm. the first being Pakistan's Benazir Bhutto. She is the first world leader, though, to take maternity leave while in office. She is taking six weeks, during which time Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters is stepping in.
0: Amazing. Good for her. And this just in, Jacinda and her partner Clark Gayford have announced that they named their daughter Neve Te Aroha Ardern Gayford. That's a mouthful. Neve, pronounced like leave, means bright in Irish, and the original Irish spelling is N I A M H. It's also a Latin-Spanish name, meaning snow. Now, Te Aroha is a Maori name, meaning love. It's the name of a mountain and a town near where Jacinda grew up in the Waikato region of New Zealand. So that must be really special to her.
1: All right, so Stanley Tucci and his wife, literary agent Felicity Blunt, sister to Emily, had their baby back in April. It was a girl, and they named her Amelia Giovanna Tucci, mm. the Amelia Clark spelling with an E. Amelia joins brother Matteo Oliver, who is three, mm-hmm. and half siblings Nicolo, Isabel, and Camilla from Tucci's previous marriage.
0: I like that he stuck with the Italian names. They're really beautiful. Yeah, I really like Amelia and Matteo myself. Actress Eva Longoria, 43, just gave birth to her first child with husband, José Bastón, a boy named Santiago Enrique Bastón. The name Santiago is of Spanish origin, meaning of St. James. It's the same root as the city name of San Diego. And big news America's favorite couple, Chip and Joanna Gaines, just had their fifth child, a boy. And they've chosen a name that I've never heard as a name before Crew, C R E W. Crew, Crew joins siblings Emmy K, who's eight, Duke, nine, Ella, 11, and Drake, 13.
1: Boy, so not America's favorite couple. And can I just wheel it back a second? Who names a child Duke? That's a dog's name. Oh, wait a minute. Duke and Ella, I get it. Duke Ellington and Ella Fitzgerald.
0: Wonder if I'm right. I bet you are. I don't know about Emmy. Maybe Emmy Lou Harris? And was Drake after the singer? Who knows? You never know. Now, we were late on reporting about Brigitte Nielsen's pregnancy because she just had her baby, a girl named Frida, born on Friday. (laughs) This is her fifth child at age 54, but the first with husband Mattia Desi. The name Frida, spelled like the artist Kahlo, is of German origin, meaning peace. But that's cool that she was also born on a Friday, like me. Now, it looks like I'm going to have to give up my dream of marrying Mike Coulter of Luke Cage fame because he's happily married and expecting his second child with wife, Netflix exec Iva Coulter, or Eva, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. It's I-V-A. Their first daughter, Niella, is now three, Mike said in an interview that he and Iva have been talking about baby names, but mostly Iva throws out suggestions and he vetoes them. And that's a really bad cycle to get into. I talk about that in my book, The Baby Names Workbook. Now, that is not a very successful way of finding names. The best way to narrow down your name list is for each partner to come together with their own name list and bounce them off of each other. Each person should put in the time of researching the names and making a favorite list. Hey Jen, how do you spell Naiella? N-A-I-E-L-L-A. Oh, that's kind of pretty. It's beautiful.
1: Well, comedian Russell Brand and wife
0: Laura Gallagher. <laughs> <Can you try laughs> Thanks, <that again>? Jen. <laughs> Gallagher, well, I think it is. Or Gallagher. I don't know. Maybe don't it's know. Gallagher. Just say Gallagher.
1: No, because that could be wrong. Okay, then say Gallagher. Maybe we'll say whatever I want. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Russell Brand and his wife Laura will soon become parents for a second time. The couple have a daughter, Mabel Brand, born in November of 2016. He has no children with his first wife. Do you know who that is, Jen? Katy Perry. Katy Perry.
0: I think that's a good thing. They were kind of volatile together. And that marriage just went sour fast. I can't imagine them as parents. But I'm glad he found Laura. And they're expecting their second baby. And by the way, Mabel brand cute as heck name well
1: what i remember is from the old tv show mad about you mabel was chosen for their baby because it stood
0: for mother always brings extra love oh mother always brings extra love mabel That's so cute. And actress Diane Kruger is expecting her first child with boyfriend Norman Reedus of Walking Dead fame. Reedus has one 18-year-old son. (laughs) What was his name, Jennifer? Mingus with ex Helena Christensen. Now, Mingus Redus, this is why I'm giggling. I I'm gonna have to go ahead and say that is terrible. What were you thinking, Norman? I hope they rethink the baby name for this new one.
1: I don't even know what to say about Mingus Redus. But it was 18 years ago, and he was not even close to famous back then, <laughs> so maybe...
0: Oh, I think it was high. That's what I What think. do you know about Norma's? Mingus. Isn't there a musician named Mingus? Charlie Mingus. There you go. I bet that was after Charlie. But I, I think Charlie Reedus would have sounded a little bit better. Okay, Mingus Reedus. Reedus, the next one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy today. All right erica christensen known for her role as julia on the tv show parenthood is expecting her second child with husband cole manis the couple has one daughter shane manis who is two
0: shane is a one of those crossover names as well i like that for both boys and girls
1: i have never heard of shane for a girl and i have to say i don't like it
0: wow why you knew a girl named shaney didn't you
1: well, Shaney's just fine, but I don't like Shane for a girl. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of crossover names, which is kind of funny since I have one. True. And Ariana Grande announced that she is not pregnant, despite rumors swirling around the Twitter sphere.
0: Okay, Ariana, and now the tabloids are already reporting that Harry and Meghan are pregnant and not just pregnant, but with twins. Just weeks after the Duke and Duchess tied the knot, Hollywood Life reported that Prince Harry and Meghan found out they were expecting twins after they returned from their honeymoon in East Africa. They say that the couple has been trying to conceive since before the wedding, but hit it due to the royal tradition of, hey, waiting after the wedding to have babies. Oh, is that a tradition? LOL. And speaking of Brits, Coronation
1: Street star Helen Flanagan has given birth to her second child with Scott Sinclair. The couple named their daughter Delilah Ruby Sinclair. Flanagan, 27, plays Rosie Webster on the long-running ITV soap.
0: Did you know there was a famous British actress named Jennifer Moss who was on Coronation Street?
1: No, I didn't, but that's probably why you watch it.
0: I don't, actually. I'm not sure it even plays over here. Um, But she played Lucille Hewitt on the soap from 1960 to 74, and that's how long that soap's been on. But I found her by Googling myself. Isn't there also some
1: nudist named Jennifer Moss? Oh,
0: yes. They called her the nudie activist because when she protested things, she was topless. And for a while, we were living in L.A. at the same time, and that got me into all sorts of trouble with business associates. I had to say, oh, if you Google me, I'm not the nudie activist. Well, you can find out the Celebrity Baby Scoop on our Celebrity Baby
1: blog. Just go to babynames.com and click on Celebrities in the menu.
0: And now it's time for our listener feedback segment, Names Q&A. So we got some feedback about my comment that birth name is being used in lieu of maiden name to indicate a female's original surname before she got married. Now I said that kind of flippantly and I even said I wasn't sure about it. So I'm going to read you the email I received because it was incredibly informative. I learned something and hope our listeners will too. So here it is. I'd like to share my thoughts from a recent podcast episode on using the term, quote, birth name as a, quote, gender neutral synonym for maiden name. For practical reasons, I dislike the practice because it often turns a semantic issue into one that introduces needless issues when you're dealing with people who were adopted, transgender, or had a name change not related to marriage or domestic partnership which can even include cases of name remorse, where the parents change the child's first and middle name, as is sometimes talked about on your site. If, for example, a form swaps the term maiden name for birth name, then they need to clarify that because one, if the last name was changed due to an adoption or other non-marriage related reason, then the last name as provided by said change should be used, not the literal birth last name. And two, clarify that it applies only to the last name. A term like last name prior to first marriage, as I've seen in some cases, is an excellent solution. Another example is when you're talking about school or college alumni, you want the name that they attended school under, not necessarily what they had at birth which, again, can be different for people who are adopted or had some other kind of childhood name change. I'm sensitive to this because I know some transgender people, and they were hurt fairly badly when it comes to employment, because a few years ago, when the U.S. government revised the form I-9, women had insisted they replace the maiden name field with a more gender-neutral term like birth name. But due to those comments, they changed the field to one called Other Names Used, which now forced transgender people to out themselves to their employers when completing the form. Three to four years later, at the next revision, they changed the wording to Other Last Names Used after transgender people and activists made their voices heard. The writer said we could use her comments as long as she remained anonymous.
1: I understand the writer's point.
0: And the thing is, I think using a
1: phrase like last name prior to marriage is just too much of a mouthful. I know this is not going to be a popular stand, but I say stick to maiden name. Everyone knows what it means. And does it really offend people to be called a maiden?
0: How about just other surnames used. Do people still not know what a surname is?
1: Oh, that's a good idea.
0: Anyway, we always appreciate listener feedback, whether you agree with us or not. So we appreciate that letter and it gives us a lot to think about. Thank you so much, listener. We appreciate you. Now, if you wanna write us for advice or have feedback about the show, or even have suggestions for our listeners who wrote in for our Q and A, email us at podcast at babynames.com. Well, that's the show. Tune in next time when we talk about food names. Like apple? Yes, and cinnamon and sage. All about names from food, but no orange jello. Sounds yummy. You know I like to eat. Yum. Now I'm going to go have dinner. Bye, guys, and thanks for tuning in. And if you love us, leave us a rating and review.
1: And if you don't, skip that part. (laughs) Talk to you later. I love you, Mel. Love you, Jen. And we love all you guys listening
2: out there.